0: Faith is just turned totally towards you. We bless you, O Lord. We just bless you, O Lord. We thank you, Father, for the precious Holy Spirit who's here with us, in us. Praise the Lord. He's here to teach us, to to work uh, through us, O God. Minister to us. Praise the Lord. And we just thank you for this evening and all that you have for us. Blessed be the Lord forever. Blessed be the Lord forever. Father, I just thank you for those, uh, everyone that has come. I thank you, Lord, that you will energize them right now. Thank you, Father, that uh, those, maybe they're tired, maybe they've had a long day, oh God, uh, but that you would just touch us, uh, touch our minds, touch our spirit, praise the Lord, touch our physical bodies, amen, and and, uh, cause us to just be renewed and refreshed and to be sharp, be awake. Glory to God. Be ready to receive in Jesus' name. Father, I pray over any in our congregation in this, uh, your sheepfold here, O Lord, that, that may be uh, uh, being attacked in any way physically or other ways. And we pray over them, Lord, lifting them up before you now, thanking you that your eyes over, hallelujah, is over your your people, over uh, your sheep, O Lord, and that you're ministering to them and we trust you and bless you for that in Jesus' name. We worship you, Holy Father, tonight. Glory to God. Bless the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you that you will uh, have us, uh, just a special touch of anointing on the word. In, in the name of the Lord as we read the scriptures. And uh, look at them, O Lord, and meditate on them, O God, that you will just open it up to us. May we see new things. Out of your word tonight, in Jesus' name, we praise you for it. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank the Lord. Will you be seated? Praise God. Let me remind you of a couple of quick things here. Um, those of you, of course, if you have your bulletins from summer, Sunday, um, you can always refer back to them. But this Saturday, I think there is a, uh, for the kids' world, they're having a a Spring Creek Spring Creek Greenway Nature Center. Where is that? It's off Tres- down off Treshwick somewhere. Yeah. Riley, Fuzzle. Riley Fuzzle. Riley Fuzzle. Oh, okay. Praise the Lord. And that is at uh, 11 o'clock. Is that right? 11 o'clock. So those of you who have the little ones and you want to be involved in that. Uh, then um, Saturday morning, the guys have men's fire. And that's at 8 o'clock, right? 8 o'clock. They'll meet where? In the north? Back in the north, under the trees, trees, back there under the trees. Amen. uh, Sunday morning, uh, we're going to be receiving um, congregational members. So perhaps, I think all of you guys are, you know, you're part of the family here. But um, if you've never joined and you'd like to, you need to get your little packet. Actually, we need your information sheets pretty quickly so that we can be prepared for you. But Sunday morning, we'll be receiving... Uh, new members, and uh, go from there. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to receive the evening offering before I share tonight. So, um, ushers, if you, anyone needs an envelope, guys, just lift your hand and they'll serve you. Monica's going to sh- share a scripture with us or a thought. All right. I got it.
1: I'll just talk
0: loud. Where is it? Here, we've got a mic for you, Sonny. Let me make sure it's on. Yeah.
1: I had a little thought to share with you, just something I was reading this morning, Uh, just reading out of Proverbs. And this morning I was reading Proverbs 3, and I have it so marked up it made me think, I may have shared it with you already, but let's just share it again. The word says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. It talks about wisdom, and it talks... Uh, that's what it's talking about. And when you're thinking about wisdom, we all want to be wise and be smart and know what God's Word says. But you know, it's not wisdom until it's applied, until we learn how to incorporate it in our life. Sure. But the Word says, for length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. Well, this caught my eye. Length of days and long life, that's good. Oh, but peace, it will add to you. And then skipping around, and then it says... um, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Well, tonight we're getting ready to honor the Lord with our giving. And so. As we're doing it, just, just think about what the word says will be afforded to you when you give honor. We give honor in different ways. And I, I was thinking about, you know, in, in the Bible, in Jesus' day, that woman, and she came and poured all that expensive perfume on Jesus' head, and they said, what a waste. It didn't seem like that was a wise use of your money. Well, you might say, I'm not going to honor the Lord tonight. I don't know what the church does with it, but it's honoring the Lord that's the point. It's not the waste of that oil that was poured on his head. What's more important than honoring the Lord? What a better way to use perfume than to honor the Lord? You know, there's ways we honor the Lord and that we honor, uh, we give honor. There's different ways that we show honor. And it's important that we honor the Lord. And so tonight, as you're preparing your giving, keep in mind that the word says length of days and long life will be yours. Peace. It will add to you health to your flesh, strength to your bones. Your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, that's the benefit to you, and it brings honor to the Lord. Amen? Amen. So, if you're ready, you can bring it up.
0: to share tonight before we get started? Anyone have anything good God's done for you that you'd like to share with everybody else? I know I kind of popped it on you, you haven't had time to think about it, but yeah, Joy? Joy?
2: Went to the doctor, and she says, well, I'm not sure what's going on here. I want you to go have an ultrasound done. Came back, well, there's something there. Uh, we'll check it in six months or whatever. Came back, well, it's that side's decreased, but the other side has shown up. So now you need to go see the gynecologist. So I had our wonderful prayer partners just agree with me in prayer on a Wednesday night. Went to the doctor this last week, and she said, It's nothing. She said, there's a little something there, but it's nothing. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to worry about anything. Just come back in three months, and we'll look at it again. Praise praise God.
0: Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's a good testimony of his keeping power. Anyone else? Yes, Sandy? I'll come to you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) My husband's been out of a job since June, and we have been having the time of our life. God is so good. You don't have to have a lot of issues when you have trouble. We've been just sailing through it. And then about a, maybe three weeks ago, uh, we sold his check in the mail. Uh, he was let go from 3 m in June. They gave him the bonus from last year that we didn't even know about. And uh, we got our largest tax check back than we've gotten in years. <laughs> and he only worked half a year. Um, God is just really good. I could tell you so many awesome things. Uh, We got free tickets to the rodeo. I mean, just so many things. Um, And that's not even the money. God is just really good. He's restored our marriage in so many ways. And I just want to give him praise.
0: Praise the Lord. Thanks, Sandy. That's a good word. That's encouraging to everybody. Amen. Who else? Sharon over here. Okay. Thanks, Doug, for helping me. Amen.
2: I almost couldn't wait for the microphone. But I had told y'all a long time ago when I started nurse, when I started school period how God was providing for me. Praise the Lord. <laughs> to date. He has provided over thirty-five thousand dollars.
0: Praise the case. Lord.
2: And He's not just doing it for me. I got a text message from a friend of mine today, and this is what she said. Uh, This is amazing. She um, was so excited. She said, praise the Lord, I just got a summer Bearcat grant for $2,000. This is someone I did prerequisites with, that God did a miracle for her to get into the nursing program. And she's glorifying God for it. And then I always share my testimonies with her. And then she texted me a few minutes later and said, Oh my gosh, God is so amazing. I just got financial aid for next school year for $9,275. Thank this you, is Jesus. money she doesn't have to pay back either. So, God is just so taking Praise care the of his Lord. kids. But Thank you, Lord. To date, I told y'all, I went to Lone Star Montgomery. And I said, Tell me everything I've paid you guys. Because Sam Houston, I can look it up, but I can't find it. Anyway, so all together, it's over $35,000 so far that God has provided. I owe no man anything but to love him. Thank I you, I didn't Jesus. take out any loans. I don't owe anything. My God is so awesome. Isn't that something? Yeah.
0: Praise the Lord. That's beautiful. Praise the Lord. And I'll just tell you about Sharon. She used her faith and the confession of her mouth, you know, uh, for, for this school and uh, for the provision for the schooling. And um, praise the Lord. I mean, that's an awesome thing, isn't it? Amen. Who says God can't just do over and beyond what we say? Well, that's just normal. Well, that's not just normal. Amen. Amen. Yes, that's awesome. Anyone else? Yes, yes, yes. I could be here, Paula. With little man. All right. I
3: think, I, I think I've told you all I love my job. But um, <laughs> uh, a couple weeks, a month and a half back, he had uh, diagnosed with RSV and went through breathing treatments. But through prayer and everything, he just came out of it so well. He's breathing and a happy little boy. I just thank God for his healing power.
0: Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? You have a testimony? Praise the Lord. Susie? Here we go, Doug. I definitely have to praise the Lord. Someone was so kind to pay my house off last uh, week. Hallelujah. hallelujah.
1: That's Amen. A,
0: yeah. Thank you Jesus. Amen. Praise so the Lord. Anybody else? <laughs> so. So are you saying you can trust him for things like that? You can Isn't that amazing. Wow. Oh, that's kind of exceptional, isn't it? Amen. Yeah? Anyone else? Praise the Lord. We have time if you want to share. Okay? Is that everybody? All right. Well, take your Bible. Anyone need a Bible for your Bible study tonight? Here, we'll stick it up. If you need a Bible, uh, lift your hands. Doug has some. Don't we, Doug? Oh, here we go. Ray has Bibles. Anyway, uh, if you need a Bible, and then uh, we'll get ready. Praise the Lord. Let's make a good confession. Say it with me. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Tonight, as I hear your word, my faith will be energized. I confess, I'll not only hear it, I'll also do it. Because I hear it and do it, my life won't stay the same. Thank you, Lord, for your life-changing, ever-living, miracle-working word. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Lord, we just thank you so much for your word, and we thank you for your divine touch on it on the word, O oh Lord Jesus, as well as on our ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to start, uh, it's kind of a mini-series. I'm not sure exactly how long this will go. Probably just a, a couple of weeks after tonight, so maybe three weeks or so to to get into uh, what all that I want to share with you. Um, but if you want to, you go ahead and turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Praise the Lord. Um, and I'll just give a little plug here. If Per chance you were not able to be here last Wednesday night when uh, Brother Ingolf Schmidt was uh, sharing with us that message on renewing the mind, changing the mindsets. I'm telling you that was one that that was one of the best uh, teachings um, on that subject that I think I've ever heard. You know, in all the years, it was just a really pointed, powerful, well illustrated. You know, illustrated. What I mean by that is the Holy Spirit's experience, the experiences of the Holy Spirit. You know, it just really drove the point to, and I would really encourage you. uh, You can order the CD, but, I mean, uh, you can also go online and listen to it for free if you want to go to our website. But anyway, I just encourage you. That was a a tremendous teaching if you didn't get it. Um, So go from there. All right, uh, let's let's go to Galatians chapter 6, and we want to spend a little while... um, Let's just ask the Lord. You know, you can do it within, your, within yourself to just help us to take, you know, we can take simple things, and you can take simple, seemingly simple scriptures, and there's just so much depth. You, you can never reach the bottom. You just keep swimming down and down and down and down, and you never get to the end of it all. But uh, um, we, we want to, to, to ascertain, get from... Um, as much as we can. I'm going to read beginning in verse 14, but let me just give a little backdrop on this before, because it'll help make the scripture, this little portion of scripture make more sense. Here, the, the apostle Paul is writing to the churches. Actually, this was a, uh, a letter that was to be circulated. Uh, you do your, your study a little bit It speech circulated among the churches in the region of Galatia. Galatia was not just a church. Galatia was a region and it's located in Turkey and kind of the middle of, of Turkey. We know modern day as Turkey. Uh, and so um, Paul in missionary journeys had gone up in there and evangelized the area, and others had gone and evangelized the area, and because they, they had established a lot of churches in this in this region. And uh, so, what had happened though, when he left, here came teachers and these Judaizers, and they just came in preaching. You know, same. And it's amazing; it's just been going on since the birth of the church. There's always somebody trying to put you back in bondage. And here these guys uh, or gals or whatever had come in and they were teaching uh, that you had to go back under the law, practice the, the works of the law uh, in order to worship, uh, to really worship God, the law of Moses. And uh, even <clears throat> tried to uh, press these people, you know, who were total Gentiles, but to press them into circumcision and all this stuff, you know. And so anyway, the Apostle Paul... As he did with other churches, is teaching them to try to, you know, get them back on the, um, you know, the true true word here. So now that's kind of a background of it. Uh, Where we start in this is right at the very end of the whole letter. So we're like getting. Would that be the not the sal is the salutation the beginning or the end? Which is what's the end of. The salutation. Okay, so here we are. We're right, we're right at the end of it. Beginning in verse 14, he says, But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. By whom is by Christ, by Jesus, the world's been crucified to me. It's been made dead. It's, 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 as long as. As far as it's concerned with me and my relationship with the world, that's a dead relationship. It's dead to me and I'm dead to it. Now, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. In other words, being born again, is all. This, that's what's really important, the new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be unto them. And upon the Israel of God, or uh, anyone who's really, who's really God's. Now, verse 17, this is kind of where we're going to, one phrase out of this is where we're going to part, because that's where, what the Holy Spirit talked to me about. He says, from now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Say that last part with me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Then he closes with, brother, in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, be with your spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, The New Living Translation says, from now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things, for I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. Uh, The Living Bible says, don't argue with me about this. In other words, there was this argument about which was true. Uh, under the law, out from under the law. There was also an argument as to whether he had, you know, the, the authority. Was he really the apostle to these people and had the right to speak into their lives? And he said, listen, I've, I've, I've explained the truth to you. I've given you the gospel. Let's get off of this. And he says, I don't want to argue anymore or talk anymore. Trouble, don't trouble me anymore with this. He says, I bear in my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. King James says, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus, the marks of the Lord Jesus. Now, Amplified adds to that just a a little bit, and it says, you know, where I, I, I bear in my body the marks, and it says, and these testify to his ownership of me. These what? These marks. These testify, or they are evidence of his ownership of me. That little phrase, the marks I bear in my body, the marks of the Lord Jesus. When I read that uh, that verse, you know, going through the the, the chapter, um, you you know how sometimes just something that God wants to talk to you about. That little phrase or a word or something, it'll just really grab your mind, and that just really grabbed. Paul says that he's he bears the marks of the Lord Jesus, and I thought. I thought. Well, I, I I wonder. You know, God help me to see what are the marks. What are the marks of the Lord Jesus? He's I'm bearing my body. The marks of the Lord. What does that really? What does that really mean? I bear in my body, uh, as a as a real the follower of the Lord Jesus. What are the marks of a follower of the Lord Jesus? Some translations. In fact, we read one there. Some translations. Uh, Make that word the English, the, the scars. They use the word the scars. The Greek word is um, stigmata or stigma. I bear in my body the stigma, the the stigmata, the Greek part. Uh, of course, you know what stigma means in the English, uh, what we translated into ours. But if I can just try to take a minute and, and just really draw this thing out here, because we're setting a, a foundation for what. I feel like the Lord wants me to share with you over the next couple of weeks here. But this the stigma it 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 means to stick to pierce it it, it means to prick the the pricks the sticking the piercing as as might would indicate or to mark something or to indicate ownership it'd be like to to put a brand on something okay we, in our thinking, might think of it like a tattoo. You know, it's, it's, they have a machine and it just continually pierces the skin and it injects uh, a brand. It injects an, an ink in that. And, um, of course, other sources, as you, as you just study out that word, it can stand for like a, the scars of service. You know someone who's a servant or slave, in particular the slaves many times the slaves would be taken, and, and they would do that piercing and that sticking the sticking and mark them they would mark them as the slave that meant their freedoms were taken away they were owned by somebody amen, perhaps even soldiers sometimes uh, they would uh, they would mark them either themselves or sometimes the military that the, whoever like to have, a group they had army they had joined would mark them with who they had allegiance to, or what general you know, or what battalion or what group of uh, of of a fighting force that that they were in. They were they were marks. It was could be like a brand, or maybe it would even be like like a uh, like a, a scar. So I have in my mind, it, you know, I think that's one of the easiest ways. Just you know, we see something that is it's tattooed as a permanent mark that that is on a person. Now, Paul says, I buried my body, the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we know at least partly he's, he's referring to the fact that, listen, he literally had the marks, he literally had scars, these scars, to prove that he was a true, devoted faithful follower of of the Lord Jesus Christ, that He was an apostle that was sent from God to these people uh, in that region of Galatia, which were they were they were offshoots from those from the Gauls, the tribes you know of, that that came down in from from the north into this this area here. But here he had he had the stripes, he had the marks, he had the scars, physically, literally on his body. To prove it, um, let me just give you some scriptures that he said about himself in 2 Corinthians 11, uh, verse 23 through 28. I'll just read it to you. You can mark it in your notes. you don't have to turn to it. He says, uh, he's, he's defending himself again. He did it in Galatians, now he's having to do it to the Corinthians. He's defending him. He says, "Now are they ministers of Christ?" He's talking about it again. Here came these false teachers. Are they ministers of Christ? I'm more." In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in death often. From the Jews, five times I received forty stripes minus one. How many times? Five. Five. He was beaten five times with that with that the, that cat of nine tails there, that that whip. Um, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Um, how many of you know those will leave a mark? Amen. Somebody say, that'll leave a mark. Uh, amen. How many of you ever had anything happen to you and said that's going to leave a mark? You know, so Things happen. It leaves marks. He says, uh, let's see, three times I was shipwrecked. One time I was stoned. A night and day I've been in the deep or out in the sea in, in journeys often, in perils of water, perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, and perils in the sea. Perils from among false brethren in weariness and toil and sleeplessness, often in hunger and thirst and fastings, often in cold and nakedness. And we think we have problems besides the other things. What comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all of the churches. So here, I mean, he described he can literally say I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Now, here's another scripture I I think is interesting. It bears out some other things. In 2 Corinthians 6, verses 4 4 through 7 says, But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. Or we we qualify. We present ourselves in every way. Then he begins to list some. He says, through great endurance, in in afflictions... In hardships, in calamities, in beatings, what is he talking about? I'm bare, I bear the marks in my body, imprisonments, tumults, labors, watching, and uh, hunger. But then he changes and he says, by, by purity, by knowledge, by forbearance, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, the power of God, and the weapons of righteousness, for the right hand and for the left hand. Praise the Lord. He's talking about here the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Adams-Clark commentary, which is a good commentary, I, I, uh, I use it a lot in my studies, um, writes this about verse 17. It says, do not trouble me. I bear the marks of my Lord and Master Jesus. I'm his and will remain so. You glory in your mark of circumcision. I glory in the mark which I bear in my body for the testimony of the Lord. I am an open professed Christian, I have given full proof of my attachment to the cause of Christianity. So we're talking about the marks of the follower of Christ. My question, first question to the Lord was, I'm I'm thinking, what are the marks, you know? Now, as 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 I said a while ago, some translations use the word scars, which really gives it a different perspective. This is a whole... This is coming from another side, because there's different ways we can look at and, and gain from what Paul is, is telling us here. You know, if we use the word scars, you know, scar- scars, just think of your own self now. Uh, some of you don't have any scars, but most of us have some. But scars almost always remind you of something. Right. Scar reminds you I mean, something happened. Right. You didn't just wake up one morning and all of a sudden you got scars all over you. I mean, something happened. Scars remind you of something happened. There is a reason that you have that mark. You went through something. Maybe you endured something. Uh, Something happened to you, but it left left a, a mark. Sometimes a scar will remind us of something that's extremely painful. You know, I mean, physically, it reminds us of something. But on the very, on, on the, in the same light of that thing that may remind us of something very very painful, it may also represent an amazing victory that we've had. You know what I'm saying? For example, I want to get too personal here, but, you know, I, I don't know how many scars you have. I have a few on my body. But I, I, have, a, I have a large scar. i got a scar that goes from here to here. That's a big, yeah, I have a really big scar. And that it was painful. Uh, I had to have open heart surgery. OK, so I've got this I've got this large scar. But when I every morning I get up, you know, look in the mirror. And there it is. There's a big scar. Can't, it's, it's not going anywhere. It's, it's going to be there. And I looked at mirror, but uh, looked at it in the mirror. But, you know, when I look at it, I don't think about the pain. I don't think about, oh, that was so painful, it was so hard. You know what I think about? I think about, man, God brought me through that thing. Glory to God! I mean, that the thing that was so painful, it really represents to me the the victory of God to, to care for your life and to give you a way, you know, to let you let you uh, uh, keep living and fulfilling, uh, you know, your destiny and what God's got for your purpose. So, I mean, they say something to you, but they don't always have to remind us of of something that is so painful. I've got scars on, on my body that are uh, from accidents. They're, you know, I've got, I've got a, I have a scar that I remember. Most of you remember scars, right? You remember them. I remember I've got a scar on, under my chin that was from when I was three years old. This one was from riding a tricycle down steps, cut cement steps off of a porch. And uh, I thought I could do that, but I found out it didn't work. You know, and so, man, I just split that thing wide open there. You know, I've got other scars, accidents from, you know, wrecks and all that. But some are accidental. Some, some are on our own purpose. But all of them, there was some pain involved. The mark says, I bear, uh, Paul says, I, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord. Now, of, of, the, of the Lord Jesus Looking at it from that perspective, he went through some painful things, but he didn't live in the pain of them. They obviously—I mean—he was still here and around. Praise the Lord! Uh, He could look at him and say, "Look, look what God has done. He's brought me through. He's given me victory. Amen. He's rescued me. Praise the Lord! Look at the goodness of God and the power of God. So much for the scars. So let's let's look at it now. Let's go back and, and look at it from a different way it's it's It is plain as we read this, and then other things that Paul said about his own life, that at least partially he's referring to the physical marks that he bore in his body as a testament to him being a devoted, faithful uh, follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, because things happened to him as he served the Lord, he went through so many things but let's let's think about it another way could Could there be more things that he means. Are there things, are there other kinds of things that would prove, if we were to look at his life, that would prove that he was a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Could there be any other marks? Some other kinds of things that would that would show that he was a faithful, um, you know, loyal, dedicated, uh, sold out follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Holy Spirit, could he be Uh, teaching us something else and you know just asking ourselves aren't there if we looked at Paul's life aren't there more significant meaningful marks to show that Paul was a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ than just physical marks of persecution or hardship those are things that were real well the scriptures show us that there is. Let's look back at that scripture that we, we read a well while ago in Second Corinthians chapter 6. Now watch how that scripture started out. First of all, he deals with physical things that marked his life. They were proofs. He said there in verse 4, as a servant of the Lord, we commend ourselves in every way. Then he lists physical things in great endurance. That made a mark. In troubles, I'm sure that could make a mark. In hardships and distress and beatings, that's going to make some marks. Imprisonments and riots and hard work, sleepless nights and hunger. But then in verse 6, he changes. In verse 6, we begin to see other things that mark the life of the believer. That show that this is a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch what he says. First of all, in purity. What's that? Holiness. Holiness marked his life in purity in understanding we, we, we could say that in, uh, in that would be in knowledge gaining knowledge in applying myself in, in becoming into you know studying listening to the Lord, spending time with god to uh, and, and uh, fellowship with the Holy Spirit to get knowledge that's a mark patience man that's a mark you find somebody who really has godly patience that that's that's unusual. <clears throat> Amen. Patience, he says. Kindness. Then he says, in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. You know, somebody who's you're walking with God, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, man, that's a mark that that marks that person. You could say that that's a disciple of God. That's a disciple of the Lord. That person's for real. That person's for real. It says, in sincere love. Sincere love. Agape. God kind of love. In truthful speech. Telling the truth. In the power of God. And then he says, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left hand. Righteousness. Right relationship. Being right. Walking in right relationship with God. Praise the Lord. He lists these things that are also marking his life as a believer. And these things are not physical torments. These are spiritual characteristics. These are things that have to do with, with morality and character of that kind of a nature. I'm talking to you about the marks of the follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Asking ourselves a question: Do we bear? Oh, I'm asking me. You have to ask yourself: Do we do we bear in our bodies any of the marks of the follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we bearing any of those marks? You know, it's true that um, in some places of the world, I mean, it's it's getting more and more um, pointed and in, in the day that we're living in now but in some places of the world there are so many many believers that are they're, they're literally suffering the physical marks they bear in their bodies the physical marks the physical scars uh, of being a follower of the lord jesus christ uh, if you uh if you follow any of the ministries that are focusing in in, in prayer and in, in trying to help uh, those that are uh, persecuted, the persecuted church and, you know, and, and, and martyrs and, and beatings and imprisonments and abuse and and, and, uh, okay, and even beheadings, you know. I mean, who would have thought that 20 years ago, five, 10 years ago, 15 years ago? I mean, that's just, that's not even, that's, that's, that was so, uh, to talk about that is so, what's my word? Um, barbaric yeah so barbaric I mean we wouldn't even think about that but that's not uncommon now hello no no that's not uncommon now being burnt I'm not even going to to, there's so many testimonies but you know and we say thank the Lord some of us most of us I mean most of us here tonight we've not faced persecutions to that depth and uh, frankly I don't want to how about you? I mean, I'm not, not martyr-minded. You know, I don't see any, any virtue in that. I mean, I'm going to be as safe as I can. Praise the Lord and trust the Lord to, you know. They say, that's not a person of faith. Well, it is for me. I'm using my faith. I just don't want to be shot, killed, beat, thrown in jail. I don't want to be burned. don't want to be beheaded either. Bless God, I want to live out all my days. Amen. And I know what Jesus said in this life you will have persecution, and I understand that. But praise the Lord. Let's... Anyway, do you? Okay, let's, let's go on here. I don't know that, that I'm making much sense there. However, praise the Lord. Um, we, we've not had to face that. But are there other marks in our lives? And this is the point that I'm trying to make to you. And I, I was asking the Lord, what marks should we be bearing in our lives, you know, in our bodies as a testimony, of the genuineness of our commitment, a genuineness of our, of our fellowship with God and of our fellowship with God? And, and I feel like that the Lord was, was talked to me about some things, and I'm, that's what I want to share with you. So the marks of the follower of Jesus Christ. First of all, the first thing that the Holy Spirit seemed to remind me of was to look back, at our example. If we say, well, what are the marks in the in the uh, the true true spiritual marks in the life of a believer or the life of a Father of Christ? Well look at our example of Jesus. How was he? We're always supposed to look back first of all to the Lord because he is our example. We look for things in his character and in and in, in his nature because it is him that we emulate and that we and that um, we are to to Im- imitate, and the first the first mark about the Lord that the Holy Spirit brought to me, and I'm I'm going to give you over these next two weeks. I'm just going to give them to you in the order that I feel like the Lord gave them to me. And the first one was the mark of humility, the mark the mark of humility. So let's just talk about about that for just a minute. What what is it really? Genuine, wholesome humility is a true mark that we are to carry in our life as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because that was our Lord. Uh, he is our example of a life of humility. Jesus, who's God the Son, typified exemplified a life of humility to us. So look in Philippians chapter 2, and let's let's see how the Apostle Paul explained it to the congregation there in Philippi. In verse 5, he says, Your attitude should be the kind that was shown us by Jesus Christ. Here we go. So we're going to see his attitude. We're going to see his example. He says, Your attitude should be that way. Verse 6, Who... Though he was God, did not demand and cling to his right as God. But he laid aside his mighty power and glory, taking the guise of a slave, becoming like men. And he humbled himself. He humbled himself. The word is abased. He abased. He he stepped back. He stepped down. He took a lower rank. And I'll add for the benefit of others. He took a lower rank. He humbled himself even further. Going so far as actually to die a criminal's death on a cross. Yet it was because of that or this. That God raised him up to the heights of heaven. And gave him a name which is above every other name. And of course we could go on with the scripture. That at that name every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Amen. What did he do? He humbled himself. Now we could take that scripture and we could, you could begin to build a definition of humility. Humility is a very misunderstood word, I think, for most people, many people. They, you know, we don't really truly have a grasp of humility, I think, for us to really understand humility we have to look at it from the standpoint of spirituality of a spiritual you know you can come up with the definition you know it's false pride or or a lack of false pride of push of all kinds of things but if we look at it from this from the perspective of the scriptures and how what how god thinks then you can come up and, and you know you, uh, verbalize you, you can you can write you can come up with something that really describes uh, uh holy spirit Spiritual humility. Amen. In this scripture, if we just took some elements from this, I, I would say this. That this is what it means to me. That this, is, this is the way I would describe it. That humility involves knowing who you are in Christ. Knowing what you have in Christ. Knowing the power that has been made, that has been made available to you in Christ. <coughs> And using that power, not just for yourself, but for the benefit of others. That's true humility. Humility looks at others and not just we, just us, ourselves. Humility would be the opposite of of selfishness. Self-centeredness. Humility would be it's described in, uh, let's say, Strong's Concordance would would give you the word meekness or gentleness. Gentleness. It's the absence or the refusal to be haughty, to be high-minded, to be selfish, and to be self-centered. To know who you are in Christ to know what you have in Christ, to know what you've been given in Christ, to know the great power that is yours, but to use that to think about somebody else, to, to bless somebody else rather than just ourself. It's having that power. It's having the position, but having it under the control of the Holy Spirit and using it as the Holy Spirit leads. That's great humility. That's great humility. Don't you just, you just love to be around a person? Who has the mark of humility. Now that's the way Jesus was. Jesus, the greatest example of humbling himself. Giving up his right, his place, his rank. For the benefit of others. So that he could please God. Let me throw these scriptures to you. Proverbs 15 and verse 33 says, Humility comes before honor. Humility comes before honor. And you know we all want, want honor in the sense of, I'm going to use the word honor as um, synonymous with respect. I don't mean like, you know, uh, honor like you get to sit on the, in the first chair, you know, on the high throne. But honor is from respect. We all want that. But you know the scripture says that humility comes before you get the respect. I want to be respected. Well, here's one way. This mark. Let your life be marked with the same kind of humility that Jesus had. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. He humbled himself. So, Proverbs fifteen thirty three. Humility comes before honor. In Luke one fifty one, the Bible says that God scatters the proud and the haughty. He scatters them. James four and six says that God resists. The proud, ooh man! I don't want God resisting me. How about you? Resist means that He opposes them. He opposes the proud. He resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. That's His blessings and, and high favor. First Peter five five says He clothes. Says that we are to be clothed with humility. It's like a, a garment that we put on, spiritual garment. Matthew 18:4 says whoever humbles himself like a child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. Humbles himself. Man, God says that's that's the great one. Matthew 23:12 says those who think themselves great will be disappointed and they'll be humbled. But those who humble themselves they'll be exalted. God will lift them up. James 4 and 10 and 1 Peter 5 and 6 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. I think one of them says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he'll lift you up. He'll lift you up. Humility is a wonderful thing. I mean, it's something that we all, um, uh, is something that we strive for. It's a mark um, of the Holy Spirit active in our life that we want to display. Amen. There's just something about there's something about pride that God hates. I don't, I don't know all of His thinkings. You know, I, I'm I try my best to get to know as much of His thoughts as I can, but I don't know what it is. But there's something about pride that He hates. He abhors. There's something about pride that God and He doesn't allow it in heaven. You remember uh, when Satan became prideful and lifted up, high-minded and haughty. I'm going to ascend. Um, he had to leave. Uh, he put him out. Uh, he, he he was uh, he was exiled. Satan's pride destroyed his place. A false humility. What is that? That's overvaluation. Over. Well, that's where overvaluation of ourselves. When we when we. Begin to and it produces things. It produces high-mindedness. It produces narcissism. You know this perverted uh, adoration of ourselves. We think ourselves more highly uh, than other people. You know, and um, God hates it. Now we know from reading scriptures as we talked about Jesus, but we also know that from reading the scriptures, one of the marks that the Apostle Paul carried about in his life was also that of humility. Now, I think it's important for us to understand this. Here the Apostle Paul is, and he's, he is the called prophet to the Gentiles. He is the called, you know, I mean, the head apostle uh, to carry the gospel to the, to the Gentiles. And he carries around this attitude of humility. Let me show you from Scripture. For example, here's your Scriptures, 1 Corinthians fifteen nine. He says about himself. He says, "I'm the least of the apostles; who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church." Now, wait a minute. Here's the premier prophet, the premier apostle, and he says, "I'm not even worthy to be called one." Here's the one who has who has traveled all through uh, Turkey, Greece, through Rome, has started. Uh, I don't know how many churches. We don't know how many churches he started. Churches in Rome, Ephesus, Colossia, Galatia, Thessalonica. All these churches. And here he is, uh, and, and he's talking like this. Ephesians 3 and 8, he says, To me, who am less than the least of the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. 1 Timothy 1.15, he says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. By the way, he adds, of whom I'm the chief one. 2 Corinthians 3 and 5, he says, Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves. Our competence comes from God. I mean, just think about it. Can you imagine? I'd say many, many believers... 21st century believers, if they just had 1,000th of the success of the accomplishments, you know, that this, that this man had, they'd be dropping names everywhere. Not drop a name here, well, yeah, yeah, you know, and bragging about this and bragging about that, you know. Oh, yes, well, and in my book, so-and-so-and-so, yeah, right, Okay. Oh, and, you know, a conversation. Oh, yeah, well, you know, yeah, well, I did that miracle, and I did this miracle, and I did this miracle. Yeah. Okay. Well, in, in my big crusade, you know, all these came to Jesus Christ, you know, how it is, you know. I started all these churches. Yeah. That wasn't his attitude. It was one of humility. Amen. It's pretty good, isn't it? Thank you, Lord. May that be a mark in our lives. That we learn the secret of that. We learn the secret of that. And and I don't know how you teach humility. I don't know that I could teach anybody. I don't know that. I don't know how you do that. I think you have to come as a person. That we have to come as an individual to the realization of certain things. We have to accept the reality that without God. We are nothing. That without God, we're nobody. That without God, we cannot accomplish anything. Humility is, is that place where we, where we step back and let God touch our life, where we relinquish control of our life to the Lord. Do we accept the fact that all those things that we've put our arms around and brought in close to us that we have and that we own and that we have a title to? It's in my name. But really and truly those those are not ours. Humility realizes that every good thing is from the Father above, that we're made stewards of them. And that whatever He wants to do with whatever we have, whoever we are, and what that He has the right to tell us what to do. Humility is giving all of the glory and the praise to the Lord when something Good When we have success, when we accomplish something, humility gives it the the, the glory to God. Humility is being willing to let somebody break in line. Humility is, oh, this is going to hurt. It's already hurting me. Humility is letting somebody cut in front of you on the freeway tomorrow as you're going to work without getting so angry. Because they cut you off. Help me, Jesus. (laughs) Humility, humility is amazing. Praise the Lord. But it's a lesson that Jesus taught us. The apostles lived and that we want to live. Praise the Lord. John 15, Jesus teaches on this, really, that the whole teaching at least one perspective of the teaching in John chapter 15 has to do with learning our place, our place in God and being happy there. Where he says, listen, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. The branch can't bear fruit when it's separated from the vine. Now, as long as the branch connects to the vine, then it can be fruitful. Humility realizes that I can't do it, anything by myself or of myself. But if I will abide in Him and let Him abide in me, then Jesus said, If you ask anything, it'll happen for you. I can do it for you. Praise the Lord. Can I show you one more scripture? I got three minutes. Uh, one more scripture, uh, one more example, and then we'll close with this. Uh, there's, there's a lot of these, and I'm just hitting the one tonight. But I, but I had to set, kind of set our our foundation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, this is one last example of this virtue in the Apostle Paul's life. And I was thinking of this. He, he is recalling back, he's writing them, but he's recalling his... Um, When he came to them and when he ministered to them and and when God sent him there. And this is what he says about it in verse 1. He says, brethren, when I came to you, I didn't come with the excellency of speech or the, the eloquence of my speech or of wisdom. Now he's talking about the wisdom of men. He didn't, I didn't come to dazzle you with all the philosophical arguments that I learned at the uh, University of the Torah, as I said at the feet of Gamaliel, the greatest teacher, by the way, in the whole of Israel. I didn't do that. That's not the attitude. I didn't come declaring to you the, the, in this you know, eloquence and, and all of men's wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. Because I decided something. He says, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's it. That was my message. I was with you. Oh, I can't imagine this. The apostle Paul. I was with you in weakness. I was with you in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with persuasive words. We would say charm. And, and, you know, I don't know. Persuasiveness of human wisdom. But I came to you in the demonstration of the spirit and power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men. But that you'd be anchored in the power of God. Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. Humility marked his life. Now, you know what? No doubt... No doubt, it took him time to develop this. No doubt, the Apostle Paul didn't start out with this virtue. It took him time to develop it. By the time we get over into the book of Philippians, if you read the third chapter there of the book of Philippians, it's where he talks about who he was. He goes, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews, la, 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 la. I had all the pedigree. If anybody could glory in the flesh, it'd be me. But then by the time he got uh, to learning what was important, he says, but I count all that is worthless. Just so I can come to know Jesus Christ and him crucified. It took him time to develop it, I'm sure. You see, Philippians chapter 3, Philippians uh, was written, this letter to that church was written later on in his ministry. Probably 25 years into his ministry. But he had learned. How to walk humble before the Lord. Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. I bear in my body the marks. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord do we, do we bear any marks? Are we the bearers of any other marks? That we are a true follower of Jesus. May it be so God. Teach us how. Praise the Lord. Teach us how. Praise the Lord. That our lives may be a testimony of the genuineness of our fellowship in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Did you get anything from that? Hallelujah. I hope you did. Well, we'll pick it up. There's, there's about seven of these that I'm, uh, you know, the Lord willing, I'll share with you. And uh, if you, you know, get bored, then pray that God will give me a new subject. Amen. How about that? And I'll go to something else. Hallelujah. All right. Love you guys. Uh, Prayer partners are coming. And if you need anything, you need prayer, somebody to agree with you, just make your way down. And we'll see you on Sunday, okay?